Hi, this is Sean from Missouri, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. Sad. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. It's 280th. 280 episodes of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore. Sitting across from me, the seething hatred pouring across the table. My lovely co-host, who apparently is in a real good mood, <laughs> Brittany Page. There is no seething hatred. You're just running out of things to say, so I now am. you're making things up. Well, I listen, I, I like to protect my image. Mm. on the show yeah so i don't mind if the audience thinks that you're just hateful bitch (laughs) you know crazy town yeah Yeah, as long as they think i'm a cool guy yeah i'm good to go okay (laughs) i have known that for a while oh right about the way things run around here if only that were the case yeah i would have i would have fired your ass a long time ago how dare you i'm surprised i'm still around that you haven't fired me yeah that might happen. This is a 50-50 venture. It is. At any moment, the other could fire the other. <laughs> and then just some have some random coming in all the time. Yeah, it's actually really stressful. We come in never knowing whether or not we're going to fire each other. <laughs> Who knows? Right. Who knows what will happen today? Yeah. Right? Well, anyway, thanks for joining us, everybody. It is episode 280. Who, who knew it would be this long? Seriously, who knew? So... In a continuing saga that Brittany updates us all the time with the crime alerts on campus, <laughs> I, w- I want Brittany to to reveal the latest in a seemingly never-ending string of jack-off stories <laughs> on campus at Cal State Fullerton, yeah. where she attends graduate school. Yeah, I got another crime alert this week, February 23rd. They received a report. It's never robbing a 7-Eleven. No. It's always guys just pulling on their junk. Just mass masturbatory you must, madness. You must have the most sexually charged campus or the, the highest percentage of sex offenders in the nation. I, I don't know what's going on. I can't but... imagine that Princeton or Harvard has this many <laughs> diddlers... How dare you? Self-diddling crazies on campus. How dare you speak like that about my school? (laughs) So at 11.13 a.m., they received this report. Wow. Really really getting it done in the a.m. Working themselves into a frenzy. Yeah. um, (laughs) They got a report of a a male touching himself, quote unquote, again. What is that? I was trying to make a jerk off sound with my cheeks. Okay. I just hurt my cheeks. (laughs) I just pinched my cheeks too hard. Yeah. Touching himself on the outside of his clothing. Oh, there's no crime in that. Again, in a parking lot. Maybe he was itchy. Well, whatever. (laughs) Then he was seen on his phone walking in the parking lot. So the person, here's what I'm getting. Someone saw him doing this in his vehicle. And then they waited for him to get out of the car so they could see what he looked like. Mm-hmm. And he, they gave a different description of this guy than the previous guys that were touching themselves. So there's just like an epidemic. So it's a different guy. That's what I'm, I'm gathering. It's not Jerry Jerkoff. This is like Jermaine Jerkoff. I, I don't know. But 
you know, when you're <laughs> Marty masturbator, I, I, I feel like this or description, this description should be <laughs> more specific given the fact that this person like saw him touching himself, waited for him to get out of the car, what, what saw him walking approximately 30 years old, five foot seven to five foot nine. Tan skin, 120 to 280 pounds, <laughs> wearing a brown shirt and white basketball shorts and glasses of an unknown type. What do you mean unknown type? Well, the, were they red solo cups or were they champagne glasses? Here's my expectation for this person <laughs> that witnessed this. They should have been court interpreter style or whoever yes. does the drawings. Yes. Drawing this person. In, it's not the interpreters <laughs> who draw the pictures. It's well, whatever. The- <laughs> It's the sketch artist. Yeah, the sketch artist. <laughs> that interpreter have, has a lot to do. They don't have the stenographer out there <laughs> drawing pictures while taking down the, the court record. Yeah. So. So, well, people just need to be better at. I mean, seriously. Well, that it's is impossible. A, weird that a guy might have a tan in Southern California. How yeah. strange. Yeah. I don't know. Of course, Not I. quite as strange as your campus having, you know. Every guy wanting to touch himself constantly. Yeah. Well, of course, eyewitness testimony is horrible, right? No yes. one can get anything right. So who knows? Maybe none of this is right. <laughs> Maybe he didn't even have glasses. That's why it's an unknown type. She just, uh, or whoever witnessed this thought. What does that mean, unknown type? Does she mean she didn't know if they were sunglasses or eyeglasses? I don't know. I don't know. What kind of types of glasses are there? I don't know. But this is going to result in reckless profiling of men who are wearing glasses. Were they bifocals? Or what? Uh, I don't know. Good times. Maybe this speaks more to what's going on on your campus than the jerk-off guys. <laughs> Just people who are unable to string together cogent thoughts. Well, it's eyewitness testimony. All right. Well, more on Brittany Page. Last time on the show, we talked about how Brittany has always been kind of a fiery character. Mm. Even as a, as a kid, as a young little girl... Brittany was kind of unruly. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we made reference to a video that Brittany has. I believe it's on her Instagram. Mm-hmm. That Brittany is on a slide in one of those little frog pools, the little tiny toddler pools. She's like three years old. Little topless Brittany in her <laughs> little little girl underwear. Yeah. And her her dad is hosing her and her brother off with the hose, or her brother, and she's laughing maniacally. Ah, oh, my brother's getting fucked over by the hose. I'm <laughs> I'm editorializing here, <laughs> and so she's laughing like a crazy person because her brother's getting tortured with the hose. And then her dad decides, oh, well, it's, now it's Brittany's turn, and she gets mad, <laughs> and that is what this is. Yeah, that's three-year-old Brittany <laughs> calling her dad a little asshole. <laughs> so really, we're just giving a little background on my co-host here. Very classy laid. Super. You haven't really upped the class level at all. You're still that three-year-old mm-hmm. in a mid-twenties body. Uh, Yeah. That's true. Now it's inappropriate for you to walk around topless in your <laughs> underwear in public. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe he shouldn't have taken the hose to me. And then 
that would have solved everything. Yeah, just yeah. kept spraying my brother in the face with it. I think what we're going to do, I believe we do have a, an asshole of today segment. I'm going to have to redo the asshole of today bumper, mm-hmm. lead in, and just include... <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. A very articulate little lady there. <laughs> There's all kinds of very... Some very disturbing video yes. of Britney Page as a little girl. Yeah. Never one to parse words. No. You've always been outspoken. Yeah, I never had a problem telling people <laughs> to stop doing things I didn't like. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Let's get to some voicemails. Hey, Brittany and Jesse. This is Carissa from PA. Um, I was just listening to the asshole of the day on the most recent episode about the chiropractor inventing some glue plug. And I was thinking, I really wish that I had some musical talent because I think lipstick blood glue would be the best name for like a girl metal rock band. (laughs) All right. Take care, guys. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Oh, so. That would be great. For those of you who haven't listened to Asshole of Today from last episode, episode 279, it's right. at the end of the show, which is typically where we run that segment. And we talked about a chiropractor mm-hmm. in Kansas named Daniel Dopp. Yeah. D-O-P-P. Isn't it Dopps or just Dopp? I don't know. I, it's not like we're sending business his way. Who cares? And he invented... I'm using loose language here, invented, quote unquote, a product that a lady can use while she is on her period to seal closed her vaginal opening with a lipstick. Anyway, it was very funny. I I thought it was very funny, the conversation that ensued. But just to kind of demonstrate the 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 width and breadth of our audience that there's always somebody who has some relation to the stories that we cover. Hey Jesse, hey Brittany, it's uh, Jeremy from Kansas. Uh, listened to your last episode, and you know, being from Kansas, I'm used to crazy stories coming out and feeling like a total jackass, but none of them really hit me personally. Uh, like this, like this uh, story about Dobbs Chiropractic. They're based out of Wichita, Kansas, which is where uh, my my family is original originally from. They've got tons of clinics, but my mom's been going to the Dobbs, uh, Doctor Dobbs, for quite a while now. I want to say maybe 20 years. Funny thing is, you know, I mean, chiropractors don't necessarily, in my opinion, treat people. Uh, they just make them feel a little bit better, and then you, you know suck them back into coming week after week after week uh, for that temporary uh, healing. You know what I mean? So I've always thought the guy was a quack anyway. She's been going in for 20 years, by the way, almost, you know, like twice a week for that entire time. Uh, but she also told me one time that uh, he will, he or some of his staff members will come in there and pray with yeah. their patients if they like that as well. Um, so I just, no question, just a comment. I'm not surprised at all that he has this miracle uh, treatment for some of his uh, female patients. So that's the kind of guy you're dealing with there. Uh, he likes to pray for his patients. He has uh, healing oils, uh, that that crazy 
uh, fad, and now he has uh, the amazing miracle treatment uh, for for his females. I, I wonder what he might uh, be able to offer for his male patients. I'm interested in that. Anyway, that's all I got. Have a good one. Well, that is fascinating. <laughs> Listen, I I don't want to. I, I I I'm trying to think how to be diplomatic here. Uh oh. I generally am not a fan of chiropractors and the chiropractic profession. I, I don't can want to hear call it, it a, even in the way you're saying I chiropractic. Want, I, I don't want to call it a science because I think it's fucking bullshit. But, but I don't think that all chiropractors are fraudsters and scamsters. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is that I know so many who are. I'm, I'm Facebook friends with a couple of guys who are chiropractors, and they're always promulgating fucking anti-vax anti-science weird shit conspiracies Mm -hmm. but not just conspiracies about anti-vax stuff it's also this essential oils which is complete bullshit zero scientific no efficacy studies no there's been no peer-reviewed literature even attempted in this field of 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 essential oils or of course the vaccines there's only been one study that was actually retracted and debunked by andrew wakefield they just seem to be of this ilk of reflexology and all these weird alternative medicine type of things, like Reiki and Reiki, whatever, you know, all the bullshit. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're all that way, but this seems to be the kind of guy that I think of, maybe unnecessarily or unjustifiably, this is the kind of guy, this Dops, Daniel Dops, that I think about when I think about a chiropractor. Right. Well, I went to a chiropractor for a little bit because I got in a car accident and my mom's response was, we need to get you to the chiropractor. (laughs) Of course. Of course it was. (laughs) So when I was a teenager, I went to the chiropractor and I loved it. It was fantastic because they put me on this little machine and it would roll this heated roller under my back. They have those in the mall in those chairs. And I would fall asleep and wake up with saliva on my <laughs> on my face, just passed out. And I loved getting my back cracked. But again, it, it did nothing. I think what Jeremy said about it was perfect. It makes you feel good. It's just like popping your knuckles on your fingers, right? But it's ultimately doing nothing for you. And it, it just makes you does, feel good. The chiropractory, the practice of chiropractory, pro- I think that's the word. It probably does slightly more than the prayers that he was giving. <laughs> yeah. And I would tell Jeremy to warn his mom that this guy might be coming at her with some lipstick, lipstick glue, glue. <laughs> and to be careful because we don't know how good it is to be sealing up the vag and... Sealing it up. <laughs> uh, just be careful with that, I would say, right? Wow. Just, there's some nutballs out there, Brittany Page. Also, he was a dick in his comments back to people. Oh, yeah. So, he's obviously not a huge fan of the ladies. Well, he's got Jesus on his side. If you have the creator of the universe on your side, Brittany Page, wouldn't that make you a little arrogant? Like, hey, I got the truth, son. I could be a dick. Yeah, what's that bumper sticker that... Not of this world. That's yes. right. Not of this right, world. Yeah. Right, right, right. Kind of an arrogant statement in and of itself. So, so that's it, everybody. Good, good times. We do have some emails that Brittany is very prepared to read right now. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, this is from Eagle. 
and they they say it is my legal name from birth. We wouldn't question. Well, I since they wrote it, I thought I had to say it. All right. Hey, guys, I've been listening to you for a few weeks now, ever since I stumbled onto one of your YouTube videos. Welcome to the show. Giving a few weeks. Give, not long at all. G- New to the program. <laughs> giving it to Tammy. One of our faved new listeners joining us twice a week anytime are you good (laughs) go ahead tommy tommy thank you for (laughs) welcoming us into your ears twice a week okay we appreciate it very very much Whatever. The loudmouth dits. It is you and people like you (laughs) who make this show successful. And we are so, so pleased. And got hooked. Your most recent video about (laughs) Josh. I'm done. Did make me chuckle. Jesse, your giggle is contagious. I did, however, want to add some context to this event. I follow several pagan and Wiccan pages and am Uh, friends with several, not because I am one, but because I was curious about the beliefs the Christians were so eager to hang, burn, and drown. Anyway, there was a mass calling for Wiccans and pagans all around to perform a binding spell. (laughs) Whether you believe in this stuff or not, let me explain (laughs) what they were talking about. The spell they had in mind was to prevent this orange fuck from doing harm to others. Again, Eagle's words, not mine. Sort of like an inverse blessing. Those aren't any good either. (laughs) (laughs) May no harm come to your enemies. So basically, if it works, the orangutan born man child can't do harm unto anyone else again. And if the Christian God is quote unquote more powerful then it's evidence that their God supports oppression and hatred. I agree. It is as silly as believing the invisible man in the sky magically giving you shit. Just wanted to add some input since it is a silent group that's been painted as evil green skinned whores who turn John Cleese into a newt. They're actually normal people who just worship Mother Nature instead of listening to an angry man rant every Sunday. Love what you guys do. You're both the best part. Eagle. I would, listen, as much fun as I did have making that, that, that video last night about uh, Josh Feuerstein, uh, Josh Feuerstein, who, who, who made this claim about witches and warlocks coming together in their covens to cast spells against our beloved leader, Donald Trump. Um, I, look, I, I did get a lot of pushback on, in the YouTube comments about witches are real from both Christians and then people who, who do practice Wiccan or Wicca. And I, look, I don't say this hatefully, but I don't believe any of that shit. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe in witches. I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe in any supernatural happenings. I, I think everything can be explained with science, whether we know about it now or whether we know how to now and understand what occurrences happen. Things that are unexplained 100 years, things that were hundred um, unexplained 500 years ago, let's say, like germs and bacteria, we have a, 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 a calculated, deep, rich understanding of how that shit goes down now. So the things we don't understand now, it's not super, it's supernatural. It's just we don't know yet. So I don't, I don't mean, I'm not being disrespectful. The, the laughing is more disrespecting of him because he's using words like bippity boppity boop references to Disney movies like those are real witches Mm -hmm. Josh Feuerstein's the kind of guy who who doesn't let his kids watch Harry Potter because he believes in his in his mind that 
that kind of magic is real. That there are people with wands who can cast spells. Come on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So anyway, yeah, I you know. Well, I, I think his, his point is interesting because I, I had a class where we had to do this exercise. It was called the Board of Directors. And you had to list on this sheet people that were important in your life, the most important people that you would go to to talk about your life or help you make decisions. Oh, yeah, right? I remember this. I remember and this. And my professor said that you could write God as one of them. And someone raised their hand and said, could I write nature? Because sometimes I go into nature and, and I, they said no, right? I kind of meditate in nature to get an answer or whatever. And she said no, that you could put God, but you can't put nature. So there is kind of this idea that Wiccans... Which is weird because nature, real thing, <laughs> sitting under a tree, that's a real thing. Mm -hmm. Run into a tree at, at five miles an hour and smash your head, that's real. God... You can't see God. Let's see. Look, I'm open enough. Let's say, yeah, th there could be a God. No one's ever seen God. No one's ever talked to God. Every person who says they talk to God, ask them what is what he or she, what their voice sounds like. Eh, there's no description because <laughs> it's in their head. So it was a little shocking. And I think that goes to Eagle's point about people not really understanding Wiccans yeah, yeah. or kind of criticizing their view of, of worshiping nature or whatever. I don't, I don't have any problem with worshiping nature. Do your thing. Right. But you're, if you're going to be casting spells, that, that's an active measure that that's no different than praying, which I don't believe there's ever any effect for. And I would welcome anyone who can who says they have proof of it to go take the James Randi challenge to prove God's existence, to prove the efficacy of prayer, to prove psychic ability. You, you could win a million dollars. All you have to do is prove it. And no one, many people have taken him up on it, but no one has won the million dollars because it cannot be proven. Well, and when you're talking about the efficacy of prayer, you're talking about, uh, for example, someone praying for... Or spells. Or spells. Well, I'm just saying, you're not saying that prayer makes people feel better because they have found that prayer makes people sure, feel better. Sure. But you're talking about prayer, dear God, please cure my friend's cancer, yeah, curing the cancer. Yeah, as a request okay. or as a, as a directive type of a thing. Right. Like a spell or... Well, prayer's no different than a spell. You know, you're asking God for something or you're going to curse Donald Trump for fucking whatever. I'm just helping you be more specific in your... You're, listen, I appreciate it. Yeah. I need the help. Sometimes I meander from topic to topic, right, right. Brittany. Mm -hmm. As you well know. Yeah. After so many episodes. All right. Next email before Thanks, Jesse Eagle. gets any more hateful, everybody. <laughs> Thank you, Eagle. We appreciate it. Yeah. People are fucking turning their shit off all over the world. Okay. Hey, Brittany and Jesse. Just wanted to give you my thoughts on the Trump administration barring certain news outlets from Friday's press briefing. First, and this is from Raina, so we all know what that means. Re Raina loves to force Brittany into situations where she curses. She gets really fired up. Okay. And we really only allow this from Raina. <laughs> Because if everybody started doing it, it would just be kind of a shit show. Okay. Because I'm the cursor on the program. I don't want that taken away from me. First, I have I have two questions. Who the fuck does Donald Trump think he is? Raina. And what the fuck does he think this is? <laughs> 
This is not Syria, Nazi Germany, or Russia. You cannot put a muzzle on the constitutionally protected free press. He's trampling all over the First Amendment, and all you hear from the Republicans are crickets. The same people that were losing their fucking minds because they felt Milo Yiannopoulos was being silenced on college campuses have nothing to say when our constitutionally protected press is being barred from briefings. Like I've said before, all the Republicans are full of shit. What Donald Trump does not seem intelligent enough to realize is that if he stops fucking up, then the press would have no negative stories to report. Republicans are always preaching about personal responsibility and accountability. Maybe they should start with their president. Love the show. Brittany, you're the best. Jesse, you're the coolest cat. Love the show. Brittany's the best. I'm, I'm the coolest cat, huh? Yep. That's is she making fun of me? Because that's because you love to say real cool cat. I said it one time about Brian Williams. Yeah, but now that means you love to say it because <laughs> it was so amazing. We were watching 30 Rock anyway. and he had a guest appearance on 30 Rock. And you turned to me and you said, you know, Brian Williams is a real cool cat, right? <laughs> you still you can still get such great joy from it. <laughs> it was unbelievable. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, oh, OK. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Raina, listen, um, I, I, there's nothing else to say. You, you said it all. I, who does Donald Trump think he is? Well, he, he thinks he's the all-powerful president of the United States who has no checks and balances against his powers. And where does he think this is? He thinks this is Donald Trump's country. I mean, that's it. I mean, he's, he's out of fucking control. Soon to be checked. He's picking a fight with the wrong group of people, both in the intelligence community and the press, like we've been talking about. But that entire thing about CPAC and attacking the media, we're going to get to in Dollamocracy. So stay tuned. Next voicemail. This is from JB. JB. Please tell us the podcasts you listen to. Oh. I need more. Did, did JB prolong the need he did i didn't just do that on my own yeah Mm -hmm. so we'll i'll start with mine we don't know that it's a he by the way oh jb well i could read the email which uh is kind of inappropriate oh no that's fine okay but it's a male it's a male (laughs) it's a male um (laughs) talks about a penis okay so very bad wizards is one of my favorite podcasts. I also listen to that show. Very good show. It's a philosopher and a psychologist talking about all kinds of different things. They are hilarious. And Pease is one of the co-hosts. That's right. And he creates these beats. David Pizarro, yeah, who's, they, a, who's a, a psychology professor and researcher at Cornell University. Right. And he creates these beats for the show. And they're his original beats. And it's my favorite part. When I first started listening, they take a break in the middle. And I was like, what is this break? Yeah, Why the are they are doing this? It's a podcast. So you don't have commercial breaks. And now I almost can't wait for the break because I'm like, what is this beat going to be? They've really? been a little funky lately. And I love the funk, <laughs> right? Kind of like a 70s throwback. Also, he has one of my favorite laughs, like top 10 favorite laughs. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Pod Save America is another one. On the media, I like the Intelligence Squared debates. You can just... Now, now, Pod Save America used to be called Keeping It 1600. Right, but now they started their own media company, Crooked Media. And now it's it's Pod Save America. Right. Yeah. And uh, back to Intelligence Squared debates. There's Intelligence Squared, and then there's Intelligence Squared debates. Those are two different podcasts. And it's debates on important issues, like should we give Donald Trump a chance? And there's two people on each side. They debate. 
um, just a good way to kind of huh. get information and yeah, hear yeah. different sides of issues. And then Sam Harris waking up. All right. None of those I listened to, <laughs> except for Very Bad Wizards. Uh-huh. Um, I did... I have listened to a couple of episodes at the cajoling of yourself and a friend of ours to listen to Keeping It 1600, but I haven't listened since it became Pod Save America. What I listen to is Liar City, which is is it's an awesome independent podcast that is run by a friend of Britney's and mine. And I, it's not that I listen to it because it's a friend. It's fucking good. It's super, super good. They cover... Different lies that and liars like plagiarists and the different lies about people like the the the, the, the Mike the episode on Michael Jackson completely turned me. Or I used to think Michael Jackson was a pedophile. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really believed it in my soul. Right. And after listening to their episode on Michael Jackson, I fucking tur- totally turned. In fact, I went into the episode. Yeah. Thinking. This is fucking bullshit. What kind of bullshit are they going to be saying? Right. That there's no way I'm going to be turned around. I went into it thinking, no way yeah. I'm changing my mind. But it was shocking. And goddamn, I changed my mind. Yeah, so it was shocking. It's an awesome show. Brian does a fantastic job. It's spectacular. So go go subscribe to Liar City. Um, I wrote down Very Best Wizards. The other show I listened to is Hidden Brain. It's, you know, 20, 30 minutes, not really long. Um, it's an awesome show, Hidden Brain. Reply All is another one. These are all big, major podcasts. And, of course, This American Life. Those are great. And then I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention some of the shows that I've been on that are hosted by both friends and, you know, obviously colleagues in the independent podcast market. But Nerd Out Loud, Eureka Podcast, The Indispensable Thursday Show, and What's This Movie Really About? Those are all hosted by very good people, they, they, they put on great programs. And listen, being an independent podcaster, it's kind of, it's rough. You know, Brittany and I started this three years ago, and it's not easy. It's, it's a slog. Not everybody attains the kind of numbers and success that Brittany and I have. And I, it's only because of our audience. We love you guys. We appreciate you. But it is definitely something that I would encourage everybody to do to to seek out some independent podcasters to follow and support because it's a, it can be very disheartening and kind of a bummer sometimes, but those are the ones that I, uh, I check out. So I hope that helps. All right. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good looking listeners like yourself by way of Patreon. You can contribute per episode as much or as little as you'd like. Comforted by the knowledge that you're within your budget and helping move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you too would like to become a supporter, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dolomore. It was a big, big week for us in Patreon and PayPal. And we we are humbled by your guys' support and love for the show. And it, it's just great. So w- let's... Let's get these names out there. I'm 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 super seriously emotional about it. It's so great. Joseph. Joseph. Dylan. Dylan. DeAndre. DeAndre. SFBT. S. That's not a given name. That's just <laughs> angry parents if that's your name. They really that's an unwanted pregnancy. SFBT. <laughs> 
<laughs> and Justin. Justin. So still a lot of J names. Listen, here's what happened. These people, you beautiful people, have contributed to this effort. And we are now over halfway yeah. to our goal of adding a third episode per week. We're more than halfway there now. Yeah, it's goddamn. Yeah, so we're getting closer and closer to adding another episode per week. That means more more news, more ridiculous comments, more Jesse D, Britney P voices in your ear holes. <laughs> I don't know that that's a selling point. <laughs> it might be. You never know. So we are so thankful to you guys. Thank you so much. Listen, like I said earlier, I mean, it's kind of coincidental. We're talking about podcasts and now this, but when we started three years ago, this was really just kind of a eh, kind of a hobby. And my viewpoints have changed pretty dramatically over those three years just based on researching topics and seeking the truth and seeking facts and seeking data and seeking peer-reviewed evidence, not just what we feel and think about something, but I want to back it up. I want to be able to justify it. So I've changed a lot over that time. And I say that to, you know, three years ago when we started, we didn't really have a goal in mind. I mean, we started the Patreon about six months after that and the PayPal but we've always wanted this to be something that it was a community. And it's really, it is so gratifying and moving that it is becoming a community of people who find value in what Brittany and I do twice a week enough that they would give of their hard-earned money. So we love you guys. We appreciate you. And like Brittany said, we're over. We're just over halfway to our mark of adding a third episode per week. So if you'd like to contribute, and it doesn't have to be a bunch of money, you 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 can set a monthly maximum. P Patreon doesn't let us do the quarter and episode thing anymore. They stopped doing that. So you could just give $5 a month and and you could put down $1 an episode and then put your max your maximum pledge, your ma maximum monthly set at $5. Right. So you're not going to get charged for the full eight episodes. Yeah, you have full control over how much you're going to be charged per month. Totally full control. Right. Anyway, we'll stop with that. But we, it's more of a thank you to you guys because, goddamn, we are in a rare and I believe enviable position to be doing what we love to do. Look, I, I love I love people. As much as I whine and complain and bitch about people, and there's a lot to bitch about. I love you guys. I love taking your voicemails. I love reading your emails and hearing what people, how they're responding to what we're saying and what they think. We are moving the conversation forward with you. You're helping us. And that is awesome. So thank you. It means, I need to think of a better way to say it because it's starting to sound trite, I believe. But you guys do mean the world to us. Democracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. All right. Well, listen, we've talked <laughs> so much about Donald Trump and how well and how dumb he is and how he's a braggart and he he he, he really believes that he created this massive pile of money. We have a caller, Dan, who 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 said that Donald Trump, it's funny that he He's a rich kid. He was born on a giant giant pile of money, or he turned a giant pile of money into a larger pile of money and acts like he's some kind of a fucking financial genius. 
And that's true. But it goes deeper into his psyche that he's trying to convince everybody that he's the best at everything and that no one is smarter than him, that he alone can help us and change America and make it great again. Well, there's this video that's floating around out there, and I think I think it's from Vice. Is it from Vice, Brittany? Vice News, yeah. And they have done yeoman's work here by putting together Donald Trump in his many, not all of them, goddamn, not even close to all of the times, but so many of the topics that he declares that nobody is better than him at. Nobody can do it like me. Nobody. Nobody can do it like me. Honestly. Nobody's stronger than me. Nobody has better toys than I do. There's nobody bigger or better at the military than I am. Nobody loves the Bible more than I do. Nobody builds walls better than me. Nobody's better to people with disabilities than me. Nobody's fighting for the veterans like I'm fighting for the veterans. There's nobody that's done so much for equality as I have. There's nobody more pro-Israel than I am. There's nobody more conservative than me. There's nobody that respects women more than I do. Nobody would be tougher on ISIS than Donald Trump. Nobody's ever had crowds like Trump has had. There's nobody that understands the horror of nuclear better than me. And nobody even understands it but me. It's called devaluation. The sale of the uranium that nobody knows what it means. I know what it means. Nobody knows more about trade than me. Nobody knows the game better than I do. Nobody in the history of this country has ever known so much about infrastructure as Donald Trump. I know the H-1B. I know the H-2B. Nobody knows it better than me. Nobody knows politicians better than I do. Nobody knows more about taxes than I do. Nobody knows more about debt than I do. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. So the interesting thing <laughs> about Donald Trump, and I think the people that support Donald Trump, is if they had anyone in their lives that they knew personally that behave this way, right? they would not want to be around them. In fact, they would think they were a bad person. Um, well, also, who, 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 who incorporates that turn of phrase into their vernacular so readily that yeah. nobody is... Donald Trump actually just said, nobody is more conservative than me. <laughs> I can think of 50 people off the top of my head that are more conservative than Donald Trump. Yeah. God damn. Well, in any of that, no one knows more about uranium than me. We know that you don't know about uranium. Nobody loves the Bible more than... I'm sure the Pope, who dedicated his fucking life to the Bible... Two Corinthians. ...doesn't love the Bible as much or more than Donald Trump. Yeah. Your local pastor, who you may, may love and follow, that guy, no way that he loves the Bible the book to which he's adjusted his entire life, he doesn't love it more than Donald Trump. No. Who, like you said, doesn't even know that it's second Corinthians, <laughs> not two yeah. Corinthians. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's an easy mistake to make if you're someone who loves the Bible so much. You just kind of <laughs> forgot, you know. <laughs> just temporary amnesia. It, nobody's done more for equality than Donald Trump. <laughs> even though... He just pulled protections for transgender schools and the bathrooms. Right. Nobody has done more for equality than him, Brittany Page. Mm-hmm. Maybe he means nobody's done more, like, more to fuck it up. <laughs> because even that might not even be true. Yeah. Nobody's the best unless it's like a race. You know what I mean? Unless, like, we know that Usain Bolt is the fastest man. Nobody is faster right now right. than Usain Bolt. Yeah. 
that'll change. That'll for sure change. But yeah. right now, that's something that's measurable. Right, by a competition. Yeah, all these things he's talking about, it's it's not a metric by which you can be the best, the most conservative. Yeah. Ugh. You need to take a test, compete in some sort of right game. Look, even on like the SATs, I don't know if they scale it at 22 or 1600 now. I think they went back to 16. There's not a best SAT because there's a perfect score and then everybody's, I guess that could be said then, then nobody's better than me. That's true. Yeah. But not these things. There's not a, anyway, goddamn. When I play these videos and I talk about this and I get all incensed, <laughs> it's, it's not really even anger at Donald Trump, even though he makes me fucking furious all the time. Mm-hmm. It's more about the voters who, who buy into this bullshit. Yeah. Ah. Anyway, goddamn. All right. Let's get into this next thing. This weekend was the conservative banjo picking good time party for Republicans that they have every year called CPAC. The Conservative Political Action Conference. Yeah. This is typically where they get their Ted Cruz's and their Mitt Romney's and they roll these people out to give speeches. We talked about this last episode. It's not quite the freak show like when Kevin Swanson gets out there and advocates literally for the murder of homosexuals. It's not quite that crazy, but it's about as nutty as it gets for the Republican Party. And this year was no different. The, you, they get that Sheriff Clark out there. They're the guy who backs up Donald Trump's authoritarian viewpoint relative to law and order. Mm-hmm. But this year was awesome because, you know, in, in the advent of, of Donald Trump's election, we have a lot of activist groups and a lot of young people. I sound old when I say that, but, you know, a lot of younger folks. Uh, I would assume a lot of people who really supported Bernie and are just getting politically active it, <laughs> are starting to get active. I'm really good. I'm on. I'm on point today. Right, Bernie. Yeah. Not enough coffee. <laughs> Not enough. Well, this year, at least one guy. I know two, but at least one had flags printed, little tiny Russian flags. Like you see at, at any political rally. And on them, they said Trump. And they handed these flags out. And shit just went crazy from there. So joining us via the miracle of Skype is Jason Charter, who is the the prankster, the activist who did this. <laughs> and we're going to talk to him. Jason, thanks for coming on the show. No problem, Jesse. Anytime. Kind of explain what the idea was behind it. All right, so Ryan Clayton and I from Americans Take Action, um, we like doing uh, these type. We like doing actions around the country. Um, we've done them at the inauguration, at um, the January sixth vote for the Electoral College. We worked on the December nineteenth campaign for the Electoral College, and at the inauguration, we um, decided to uh, scream the Constitution at Donald Trump. So. I called up Ryan this week on Monday, and I'm like, hey, Ryan, you know, CPAC's going on this week. We really need to do something to screw with these guys. And so he said, you know, I have this really, really good idea, Jason. Let's make some Russian flags with the word Trump on them and hand them out at CPAC. There's no way that these guys are going to know their Russian flags. And to be honest, I was like, all right, I I don't know if it's going to work. 
but let's do it. I always love having fun. So we make the flags, go to CPAC. Um, right before Mr. Trump decides to speak, he, um, Ryan and I, we handed out about a thousand flags to the audience. Um, most people, I would did not even realize they're Russian flags. Um, I, I would say about five out of the thousand flags we handed out were given back to us immediately when people realized what they were. Only so, five. Yeah. Yeah. Only five. So when that happens and Donald Trump walks onto the stage, people start chanting and waving these flags, USA, <laughs> USA, <laughs> USA. Wow. And it was a sight to see. Um, I couldn't keep a straight face. Ryan was already kicked out at that point, but I ended up staying for a little bit and hearing uh, Mr. Trump speak. And um, I'd say about five to ten minutes into his speech, um, I decided to pull out one of our bigger flags that we made and start calling him a fascist and Putin's puppet. Um, at that point, I was escorted out. Um, and people were still waving the flags, chanting USA, USA, as I'm being thrown out. So I, I would say it really was a successful um, action. Uh, it went better than we could have any that we could have dreamed about. So um, this is just something that I think is a good idea because by doing an action like this, you're using humor to shed light on such an important issue because if this was on the other shoe, if this was a democratic president, um, where one of where their national security advisor were speaking to, let's say, I don't know, Saudi Arabia or China, um, off the record about things that they shouldn't be, um, talking about, um, you know, trade deals, things like that. I think there would be a much bigger investigation, sure. don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Logistically, though, how did you get people to take the flags? Were you standing by a door? We walked up to people. We all walked up to each row where people were sitting and said, here, take 10, pass them down. People passed them down. So um, it, it was almost like you were faking some official capacity. At no time did we say we were. No, um, yeah, but I mean, you walk that, up, you but, walk up there with authority and you say, hey, take t take one, pass it down. It's like, oh, this is something that's supposed to be happening. Okay. And so, like lemmings, they just did it. Yeah, exactly. Um, most people thought we were interns or something. There's actually a really funny meme that's out there right now. Um, someone, uh, some Republican, really thought that the intern that actually was taking them back from people was handing them out. And so it says, look at Ryan Clayton from the Huffington Post. And I do have to, a little disclosure, <laughs> Ryan does not work for the Huffington Post. Right, right. Um, look at Ryan from the Huffington Post handing out um cpac flags to create at flags at cpac to create fake news right well that that fits their narrative so they're going to run with that yeah and it was actually a picture of the 26 year old intern who is taking them back so i found that really funny that these guys are saying that we're trying to perpetuate fake news when they're the ones who are spreading all these lies um we had we we weren't trying to you know create this fake narrative that um that Republicans don't like Trump. No, we're trying to create this narrative that Donald Trump supporters are just so stupid. Yeah, yeah. For the most part. And that his die. and I'm not saying every one of his supporters, because I have friends and I hate them for it, but they did vote for Mr. Trump and now they're um, regretting it. But, Listen, um, I, we get it. You're, you're not saying all of them are stupid. You're saying that five out of a thousand are smart. <laughs> <laughs> and they realized that they were holding the Russian flag. 
So let, let me get to this though. But how how did it go down? Because I'm just I'm fascinated by one the gumption and the initiative that you guys have. I think it's fucking awesome. But the other thing is I, I'm I'm very I'm in my head about we've already established how you passed him out. How did it go down that they discovered that it was you guys? And then what was the scene like when they threw you the fuck out of there? You know, um, I don't know if you heard about our action at uh, the Friends of Abe meeting um, a few weeks ago. We went undercover um, to spy on James O'Keefe. Um, we were actually beat up at that action. Um, and I was robbed of my phone, my camera, um, and wow. my glasses. But here, it was actually, I was really surprised. Um, the CPAC security escorted me out pretty peacefully. Usually, I expected something else to happen, and they pretty much just walked me out. Um, they did grab me at first, but um, they did let go after we um, left the uh, area where Mr. Trump was speaking. Um, and after that, I was sat outside and continued to hand out um, flags. And Ryan um, was not barred from the property, so he actually went back inside and started trolling people inside with a Russian accent, saying, Putin is great, no? Is, is Russia that, and it, Trump love each other. Is <laughs> that the, the picture of... Uh... I, there is a larger picture of someone holding a big, a, a larger Russian flag. Is that is that Ryan? Yeah, and there's some actually great video of him just trolling people, saying how much he, how much uh, Trump and Putin are great friends, and that Trump's going to make America great, just like Putin made Russia great. <laughs> so you said you work for Americans Take Action. What what is that? So Americans Take Action is a uh, resistance group created in the wake of um, Donald Trump's presidency. Our goals right now and our main goal is to impeach Donald Trump and also call for free and fair elections since um, this election was just such a shit show. I have never seen a more despicable election process in my life. The fact that three million people voted, more people voted for the other candidate is just shocking. And I'm not a huge fan of Hillary Clinton. But that's just shocking to see that Donald Trump still won. And I think the Electoral College personally should be abolished. Yeah, that's awesome. So any any new any new plans that you can uh, you have anything in the work? I don't want any specifics. Do you have anything in the works? We do. We do. And it's going to be a great action that I'm looking forward to. And I hope it works out. Um I'm going to be at various actions around DC area in the future. Um, and we're probably going to be holding a rally outside the White House in, uh, next month. Basically, if nothing is done in this investigation between Donald Trump's relationship with Russia, then we're going to probably have a rally outside the White House to um, just help show that there are people out here who really want that to happen. Well, listen, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, if there's ever anything you want to plug, <laughs> this is you're our style of guy. We, we dig this a lot. Well, tell, tell Ryan... Hello for us, and thank you. And thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate it, Jason. No problem. All right, buddy. Bye. So that was really interesting. I'm looking forward to hearing more about the things they have up their sleeves, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. that's. I love that there is like a, a more ethical James O'Keefe, which is that dick face who does all the abortion uh, doctor videos and like right. sneaking into Acorn and dress like a pimp and like, some of the racist shit they've done. Anyway, uh, these guys are great. And also, I want to let everybody know that if you want one of those flags, 
those Russian flags, they have a website. It's TraitorTrumpFlags.com. Not traitor like a like a fur trader, but traitor. Traitor. Right. Like a traitor to our country. T-R-A-I-T-O-R, TrumpFlags.com. And it, it, again, it's kind of like our coffee mugs when you go and buy one of our mugs. It's you're you're supporting a cause here. You're you're giving them the funds and the support for them to do their next thing. And also it's kind of a keepsake. It's a, it's a funny little uh little monument. Yeah, it's called the Trader Trump Flag and you can get one, one of the little ones for $6 oh, and yeah. 1 cent. Awesome. 601. Yeah. 601. <laughs> Perfect. Listen, uh those guys are doing great work and uh we appreciate them very very much. So let's let's actually get into talking about CPAC and what took place there. Donald Trump on the very first, not on the very first day, it was Friday, uh, which actually might have been the first day. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't. I don't think it was. I'm but. an expert on CPAC, Brittany. Can you not understand? Yeah, <laughs> got it locked down. Well, on one of the days of CPAC, Donald Trump spoke, and in 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 this speech, I think he spoke for thirty or forty minutes, and. Can you imagine sitting and listening to Donald Trump talk for 40 minutes? No. Goddamn. Anyway, he attacked the media. Of course he attacked the media. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about now because it really, it grew and morphed into something that's pretty remarkable that took place this weekend. And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. It's fake, phony, fake. A few days ago, I called the fake news the enemy of the people, and they are. They are the enemy of the people. Because they have no sources. Can I? I'm going to pause it right there. I don't know why I'm asking you whether I can pause it. I'm the one who's controlling whether it be paused. (laughs) (laughs) Who are these animals who are cheering and, and egging him on? While he's talking about being terrible to the constitutionally protected members doing their jobs, the press, the free press Mm -hmm. that our founding fathers thought were so important that they were granted protection, that their rights are so unalienable that they were granted protection under our constitution. Who are these people who claim to love and support, the, who wave their little mini constitutions in the fucking air and then act like this? It is disgusting what the Republican Party has full stop turned into. They just make them up when there are none. I saw one story recently where they said nine people have confirmed. There are no nine people. I don't believe there was one or two people. Nine people. And I said, give me a break, because I know the people. I know who they talk to. There were no nine people, but they say nine people. And somebody reads it, and they think, oh, nine people, they have nine sources. They make up sources. They're very dishonest people. In fact, in covering my comments, the dishonest media did not explain that I called the fake news the enemy of the people, the fake news. They dropped off the word fake, and all of a sudden, The story became the media is the enemy. They take the word fake out. That is because 
Donald Trump, you have said that any negative story, any negative poll that comes out is fake. It is fake news. Mm-hmm. So effectively, you are calling every media source other than Breitbart. Even Fox News now isn't backing your, your narrative. Every independent, free-thinking media source you believe is fake news. That is fact. Well, it's not only that. It's anything that's negative about him. Yes, it's so fake news. that should be a clear message to people that something's wrong. Because it's literally anything that is negative about him is fake news. Anything that's positive is real news. Now, that in and of itself is a problem. Right, so... To put that in context, if I'm to go back and talk about what we just talked about a couple minutes ago and say where Donald Trump went to Liberty University and said to Corinthians, he misspoke the book of the Bible. He didn't call it second Corinthians. He called it two Corinthians. As far as Donald Trump is concerned, that is fake news. Well, that's not fake news. We have audio of it. We played it ad nauseum during the campaign. He's he's out of his he's out of his element. He's in the problem with him being saying these kind of things is that he has a massive contingent of Republicans who believe it. It's a sad state. Right. Unbelievable. And now I'm saying, oh, no, this is no good. But that's the way they are. So I'm not against the media. I'm not against the press. I don't mind bad stories if I deserve them. And I tell you, I love good stories, but we won't go. And I don't get too many of them. God damn. But I am only against the fake news media or press. Fake. Fake. They have to leave that word. I'm against the people that make up stories and make up sources. They shouldn't be allowed to use sources. Unless they use somebody's name. And this is where we get into dangerous territory. When the leader of the free world, when Donald Trump, the president of these United States, says that the press should not be allowed. You don't get to just speak off the cuff as president. Ah, they shouldn't be allowed to do that. He's not your Uncle Gary. We always shit on Uncle Gary. (laughs) (laughs) He's not your Uncle Joe. Ah, they they shouldn't be doing that. He's the president. Mm -hmm. Every word that comes out of his mouth holds gravity and weight. He shouldn't say that they shouldn't be allowed to do something because that would mean we need to change this. We need to enact reforms in the media where they're not allowed to use anonymous sourcing, which has been a tactic... And a a strength of the media, that's what brought down President Nixon, who needed to be checked, who needed to be aggressively pursued to be removed from office. Let their name be put out there. Let their name be put out. A source says that Donald Trump is a horrible, horrible human being. Let him say it to my face. Let... There be no more sources. 
uh, let them say it to your face. They are saying it to your face. Right. You're, you, so the even, media. Even if it's anonymous, you're getting the information. And then what happens? You're ignoring it. You're saying it's not It's not serious. It's not real. So what, what would the difference be? Well, again, listen, this, this comes down to the same thing that we hear from Fox News all the time. What about this country? the majority? Okay, the I'm major- so tired of protecting the minority. This is why we have anonymous sourcing, especially relative to holding a mirror up to power, is if you have an anonymous source, a, a little guy, someone who's a, a nobody, quote unquote, coming up against the most powerful man on the goddamn planet. Right. An anonymous sort, it is justified in that case. It's the only way to have a check on what the government is doing. That is right. For the people that are on the inside that don't want to be punished. That's right. Because there would be, without a doubt from this administration, punishment rained down upon someone who spoke on the record. Of course, there are reports coming out today that Sean Spicer has asked to review the personal phones and work phones right. of people that work in the White House. Staffers. Not just business phones. Your personal they're, they're going through their phones. To be checked in an effort to crack down on leaks. Who did you call? Who is the, What is this number? Who did you text? We want to go through your Twitter account. We want to look through your phone, which is your life. Every one of us that has a smartphone understands the lifeblood that is, that is contained within your phone. Right. And this is because he was unhappy that the information from past meetings was getting out to the press. Right. So he wanted them to put their phones on the table to prove they quote unquote had nothing to hide. That's not the way we work. No. We don't live in a country where if you get pulled over by the cop, he gets to search your car because if you had nothing to hide, it wouldn't matter. We live in a country where fuck you, show me a warrant. Yeah. That's the country we live in. And that should apply across the board, especially in our government, especially by the people who are entrusted in supporting and defending and upholding the principles upon which we were founded. Later in the speech, he said some things that I don't know the media is covering very much, but it bothered me a lot. And this is the main crux that I think needs to be talked about relative to Donald Trump. He mocks the First Amendment. Just to conclude, I mean, it's a very sensitive topic, and they get upset when we expose their false stories. They say that we can't criticize their dishonest coverage because of the First Amendment. You know, they always bring up the First Amendment. (laughs) And I love the First Amendment. Nobody loves it better than me. (laughs) Nobody. Nobody, Brittany. Who uses it more than I do? Who are these idiots but the First laughing? Amendment gives all of us, it gives it to me, it gives it to you, it gives it to all Americans, the right to speak our minds freely. It gives you the right and me the right to criticize fake news and criticize it strongly. Goddamn. This is dangerous talk. L- listen to his disdain. For the First Amendment. I know a lot of people who don't agree with me that the founders, it was the most important one. It wasn't the 10th. It wasn't states' rights, the 10th Amendment. The first one is protecting individual rights. The right to assemble. 
the right to the free press, the right to freedom of religion. Congress shall make no law. This is a restriction of government. And he's mocking it. They say that we can't criticize their dishonest coverage because of the First Amendment. You know, they always bring up the First Amendment. The First Amendment. It's not the First Amendment, Donald Trump. Wow. It's the First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. (laughs) You fucking mook. It is pretty unbelievable to hear the president of the United States speak about the First Amendment in a mocking tone. Right, It, it would be like a pastor. <laughs> oh, First Corinthians. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> it, it, if, it's, if it is truly a sacred document under which we are protected, it is a shield that protects us from our intrusive, naturally intrusive government. Listen, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely that is a phrase that you've heard a million times that is the reason the constitution doesn't give us our rights it is not from which we derive our rights it protects the rights that we inherently have and he's mocking that well that day There was a press conference, and obviously the press wanted to have some details about what Donald Trump said at his speech during CPAC. And they boxed out several media organizations, and the shit ensued. Here's Shepard Smith talking about what went down. Afternoon, the White House has just frozen out media organizations that President Trump has blasted as fake news. Instead of holding the daily press briefing today, the press secretary, Sean Spicer, called what is called a gaggle with reporters behind closed doors where he would answer questions off camera. And he handpicked which news organizations could attend. That is highly unusual. Not included were the New York Times newspaper, CNN, and the website Politico. That prompted boycotts. On principle, the Associated Press and Time magazine refused to attend the gaggle. The Times executive editor says, and I quote, nothing like this has ever happened at the White House in our long history of covering multiple administrations of different parties. That Dean Baquette protested and said free media access to a transparent government is of crucial national interest. The head of the White House Correspondents Association has also responded with a statement which reads, the WHCA board is protesting strongly against how today's gaggle is being handled by the White House. Continuing, we encourage the organizations that were allowed in to share the material with others in the press corps who were not. The board will be discussing this further with White House staff. In fact, discussions are underway right now. This all came to a head after a series of events. First, CNN reported extensively on Trump campaign officials' communications with Russia. Then CNN reports the White House chief of staff sent administration officials to talk to reporters off the record urging them to knock down the Trump campaign and Russia reports. Then this morning, President Trump again called the fake news media the enemy of the people and railed against fake news. I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. It's fake, phony, fake. A few days ago, I called the fake news the enemy of the people, and they are. They are the enemy. Because they have no sources, they just make them up when there are none. 
He later said he was referring to the Washington Post, which reports it had nine sources on its report. The president said flatly he doesn't believe them. For the record, fake news refers to stories that are created, often by entities pretending to be news organizations, solely to draw clicks and views and are based on nothing of substance. In short, fake news is made-up nonsense delivered for financial gain. CNN's reporting was not fake news. Its journalists follow the same standards to which other news organizations, including Fox News, adhere. Senior administration officials regularly speak without attribution so that the public can be informed of what our government is doing. Off the record. Just as CNN reports, previous sent officials to speak off the record against the Russia-Trump campaign reporting. Listen, this might be Fox News. But there are some decent journalists over there. I mean, largely, it's a shit show because it is a conservative outlet. And their editorial staff is absolutely in bed with Trump. Their morning show is in bed with Trump. All of their evening programming is in bed with Trump. But you have Chris Wallace over there, who's a solid journalist, very well respected. You've got Shepard Smith, who gives opinion, but is absolutely on the wrong uh, on the right side of this. He's taking up for CNN right now. He's letting you know they they abide by the same journalistic standards. This is the second time that he's taken up for CNN as well. In a week, yeah. In a week. Because that's how urgent this matter is. It's a big deal. So while that was happening, Brooke Baldwin had Sarah Murray on explaining what was going down while it was actually going down. Sarah Murray, first joining me, one of our White House correspondents. And so Sarah Murray, why aren't we there? That is a great question, Brooke. We lined up. Uh, we were told there was a list ahead of time, which is sort of abnormal, but we put our name on the list. And then when we went to enter, uh, I was blocked by a White House staffer who said we were not on the list for this gaggle today. Now, normally, if you were going to do something like this, an extended gaggle off camera, you would have one person from each news outlet. As you know, we have multiple people from CNN here every day. So if you're going to do something beyond a pool, which is sort of the smallest group of reporters that then disseminates the information, you would have one person from every news outlet. That is not what the White House was doing today. What the White House was doing was handpicking the outlets they wanted in for this briefing. So Breitbart, The Washington Times, One America News Network, uh, news outlets that maybe the White House feels are more favorable were all allowed in, whereas I was blocked from entering, Politico was blocked from entering, The New York Times, The LA Times, all of these news outlets were blocked from going to a gaggle. And Brooke, as you pointed out, on a normal day-to-day basis, this would be an on-camera, on-the-record briefing in the White House briefing room where anyone in any of these news outlets would have a chance to be called on and to answer a question. It's pretty clear that that is not what the White House wanted to do today, and they wanted to just select maybe news outlets that would be more favorable, um, which I do have to say I think is kind of unfortunate, Brooke, because when you think about the list of priorities that the president has was ticking through earlier today, he was talking about serious immigration matters at CPAC. He was talking about serious tax reform, serious health care matters, things that our viewers really care about. And when we go into those briefings, that's an opportunity to ask questions about any number of news stories of the day. And today it's clear they did not want CNN to be involved in that. The story that CNN broke about the FBI and the White House talking when they absolutely shouldn't mm-hmm. have been because of this investigation. So we, this and, is not okay. Go ahead, Sarah. Well, 
And that's the other thing is, you know, the White House is clearly incensed over this excellent CNN reporting about conversations between the White House chief of staff and senior officials in the FBI. In fact, senior administration officials held a gaggle here this morning for almost 45 minutes discussing it. The odds that that story is not yet coming up again, that those Russian contacts are not yet coming up again, are very slim, and yet they've decided to exclude CNN, the news organization that broke that story, from this gaggle, which is also of course, disconcerting. So here's a clip from just a couple of months ago during transition before Donald Trump was actually president. After the election, but before the inauguration, when he was president-elect, when Sean Spicer sat down with a political reporter at like a, an audience kind of a thing where he's talking on stage and talking about banning the press. So Sean Spicer, the same man who boxed out the unfriendly press, quote-unquote, who boxed out everybody except for media outlets like Breitbart, Steve Bannon's outfit, the Washington Times, which is decided, it's the Fox News of newspapers, and One America News, which is Fox News Jr. It's where Tommy Lahren got her start. This is what he said just a couple months ago about banning the press. But, but hold on, let me just ask you about, you, you talk about press access, but one of the things that the Trump campaign gained notoriety for and was criticized for was banning reporters right. and banning outlets. Uh, Politico was one of them, but uh, do you, do you, you've Hurt. said, I think, that you're not, that's not gonna happen. Well, I, I think, look, there's a big difference between a campaign where it is paid, it is a private venue using private funds in a government entity. And I think we have a respect for the press um, when it comes to the government, that that is something that you can't ban an entity from. Um, you know, conservative, liberal, or otherwise, I think that's what makes a democracy a democracy versus a dictatorship. So I think there's a vastly different model when it comes to government and what should be accepted, and that's on both sides. So did you hear that? Uh-oh. Can't ban an entity from can't ban and what did he do well that position changed real quick because he's a soulless fuck yikes who is following his orange faced Fuhrer down an untenable unconstitutional path this is disgusting behavior alarming behavior on the part of this administration unprecedented behavior so I also want to say that the AP and Time boycotted this gaggle Which, in a show of solidarity. We, we're a fan of that. With the New York Times, Politico, BuzzFeed, much of the foreign press. There that, needs to be more of that. Right. So this isn't coincidental, right? There's a theme. There's a... Absolutely. A, a line tying all these organizations together. CNN, New York Times, BuzzFeed, Politico... They all report on the Russia investigations. Yes. Right? That's right. They were all banned. Yes. From the, the press gaggle that all these conservative weirdo outlets were allowed in. Yeah. They all have active investigations into Russia. That's right. The Trump ties with the Russia investigation. Right. And they are being systematically boxed out of press access to the White House. What the fuck does that tell you? Well, Chuck Todd, he 
he got into it on Meet the Press, and he talked about the link between Trump's wild accusations against the press and what exactly is going on. One issue that doesn't seem to hurt the president right now, at least in the eyes of his supporters, are the reported ties he and his aides may or may have, uh, not have with Russia. And whenever stories break on that subject, press bashing, which is always part of the president's arsenal, seems to escalate. I'm against the people that make up stories and make up sources. It's a tactic with a pattern. The president's attacks on the media repeatedly have directly followed reporting on Russia. On January 5th, NBC News reported on the intelligence community's report on Russian influence in the election. On January 6th, President-elect Trump tweeted, I am asking the chairs of the House and Senate committees to investigate top secret intelligence shared with NBC prior to me seeing it. On February 13th, 14th, and 15th, news outlets reported on Mr. Trump's ties to Russia. On February 16th, President Trump spent much of a 77-minute news conference attacking the press. Russia is fake news. Russia, this is fake news put out by the media. The leaks are absolutely real. The, the news is fake. On Thursday night, media outlets reported that White House Chief of Staff Reince Priebus asked the FBI to publicly discredit a New York Times story on Russia after the FBI's deputy director reportedly told him it was overblown. On Friday, the president went after the press. I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. It's fake, phony, fake. But Trump administration officials acknowledged on Friday that White House Chief of Staff Reince Priebus did ask FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe to push back against news stories about contacts between Trump aides and Russians during the campaign. Days earlier, Priebus had said this on Meet the Press. I've talked to the top levels of the intelligence community, and they've assured me that that New York Times story was grossly overstated and inaccurate and totally wrong. Later on Friday, the Washington Post quoted both House and Senate Intelligence Committee chairman saying that administration officials also enlisted them in conversations with reporters. Conversations that Priebus also mentioned on Meet the Press. And in fact, Devin Nunez, who is the chairman of the House Intelligence uh, Committee, went on the record after he was informed by the FBI as to that story. And what did he say? He said it was total garbage. The drip, drip, drip is making even some Republicans in Congress wary. On Friday, Republican Congressman Darrell Issa, who was narrowly reelected in a district Clinton won, said he is open to a special prosecutor to investigate Russian interference in the election. You cannot have somebody, a friend of mine, Jeff Sessions, who was on the campaign and who was an appointee. You're going to need to use the special prosecutor's statute and office. That's a big deal. I mean, one, it's kind of predictable because he did almost lose his seat. That's Daryl Issa, who represents, uh, like, down by Oceanside, California. Right. Down in more Southern California than where we live. Mm -hmm. And his district, just like much of Orange County, went for the first time Hillary Clinton. Yeah. So now he's protecting his seat because every congressman, every single congressman in the House, congressperson in the House, Brittany's smiling at me. Getting real PC up in here. Gets gets reelected. They're up for reelection every two years. Every single two years. Yeah. Where the Senate, only one third of the Senate, because they go alternating, it's a six year term, and they alternate. So every two years, 
one third of the Senate is up for re-election. He wants to keep his title of the richest member of Congress. That's right. That is exactly right. He wants to stay there. And so now he's he's having to say something that's relatively rational. Not relatively. It's fucking rational. (laughs) uh, Because he he's not a relatively rational guy. He's a nutball. This guy is an extremist with his investigations and his bullshit. Not just an extremist, but an extremist. Do it again? I can't do it. <laughs> that was a tremendous failure. Tremendous. Yeah, sorry about sorry about so, that. So we are waiting, Daryl Issa. You can't just go on Bill Maher and say it. We want to see action. We want to see you actually do something to put forward an independent investigation. You're in the, you have a position to do it. You're in leadership in the House. You're the chairman of major House committees. We want to see an independent investigation separate and apart from the Justice Department run by Jeff Sessions. Come on. Anyway, we're, we have gone really long this episode. Apparently, there was some good stuff to talk about on episode 280. We're going to leave you there. Actually, should we finish with, with one little bit just for the audience? I, I know sometimes I always feel like, ah, they're going to get sick of this. But every time we go long, people are like, oh, my God, it's so great. (laughs) Yes, I think we should definitely do this last story. All right. Well, here we go. It's the asshole of today. Pope Francis. Oh, wow. Yeah. Taking a shot. And some people might not be happy about that. I understand. But. Well, um, let's let's talk about what he did and see whether it's justified well, that he's the all, asshole today. I would like to say before I before I start that Pope Francis regularly pisses me off, and I don't understand why everyone loves him so much. Even like liberals love him, right? His whole thing that he was just talking about last week about it's better to be an atheist than to be a greedy Christian or something. Really, then leave the Catholic Church, then abandon your faith, right? If that's true. If that's true, then leave your church. Your church that has like monolithic gold-plated fucking bullshit going on all over the place. You're holding gold-plated crosses and these churches that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, Come on. it's also that's at odds with the tenets of your faith. But anyway, okay. Pope Francis has been slammed by church officials and sex abuse survivors for cutting penalties for pedophile priests. Goddamn. Yes. The Pope is said to be applying his vision of a quote-unquote merciful church to sex offenders by reducing punishments to weaker sentences, such as lifetime of prayer and penance. A lifetime of prayer, that's a punishment? That's a punishment? Listen, if the lifetime of prayer is spent while you're in fucking jail, that's a punishment. But if you're allowed to roam free, to possibly offend again against the most innocent among us, That's not a punishment. It has been revealed by church officials that Pope Francis overruled advice given to him by the Vatican Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith about two priests in particular, allowing them to be punished by a lifetime of prayer. And let me say this about the the, the, that particular order of of the of the Vatican, of the Doctrine of the Faith. That is the same organization. It's been renamed. But that ran the Inquisition. That's like the most concern. That's the like the one that Opus Dei 
is tied to. That's the most conservative organization within the Catholic Church, within the bureaucracy of the Catholic Church, and they're going against the advice. He's not taking their advice. That's a problem. Right. He's rolling back punishments for rapists. Right. So one of these priests was found guilty of abusing young boys by the Vatican in 2012 and was ordered to be defrocked. Right. That was his grand punishment. Which is taking away his his collar. You're no longer a priest. However, he appealed. And in 2014, Francis reduced the penalty to a lifetime of prayer. Prohibiting, prohibiting him from celebrating mass in public or being near children. Uh, big, come on. Barring him from his diocese and ordering five years of psychotherapy. He was then convicted by an Italian criminal court for sex t- crimes against five children as young as 12. He is now facing a second church trial after new evidence has emerged against him. You know what solves that, Brittany? Prayer. Forcing him to pray a lot. That That's a... Listen... Is talking to the creator of the universe a punishment? No. If you believe in God, that is not a punishment. That is what you do. Even Jesus said to pray unceasing. Right. This is just more evidence that this fucking pope is a charlatan. He can play the big game about being an environmentalist. He can play the big game about loving the poor and washing the poor's feet and hanging out with the poor and not wearing all the glitzy glam Prada shoes that the last Pope wore. But he is no different. He is not in the business of protecting the most innocent among us. He is in the business of protecting rapist priests. That is why he's asshole today. Again, I want to stress, if you haven't seen the movie Spotlight, go see it. And this is pervasive in the Catholic Church. So when Pope Francis signals to pedophile priests that he's merciful and that their punishment will be light. That their punishment will be what they do every day, which is pray. Yeah, that their punishment won't even be light. It'll just be nothing. I don't know what message that sends to them. I, I can't rape, imagine that it's great. That raping children is okay. I can't imagine that it's, oh, I shouldn't do that. You know? It, it isn't that message. And no. I understand that mercy is important to him, whatever, but justice is important too. And the kids who are victimized, they deserve justice. They deserve justice. It's a period. So I don't know why Full there's stop. why there's all this emphasis on the priests. I, I don't care. These are kids. And that should be his his focus. That should be what he cares about most. He should be concerned. Yeah, okay, they're immortal soul. Let God sort that out. But on right, Earth, right. after they committed heinous crimes against children, they need to be fucking dealt with. And when, when, when municipalities oftentimes are shielded from the evidence, it's only the Catholic Church's response in many cases that they deal with it. And they're not dealing with it. In fact, they are derelict in their duty to do so. So maybe a little heavy. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> you hear that, Pope Francis? You motherfucker, you. <laughs> <laughs> I was really talking about him back then. Anyway, listen, we love you guys. We appreciate you. That's going to be it today. We went really long this episode. We hope that it was a little treat. We hope it wasn't too long. Yeah, it's a little treat for you. Yeah, that's nice. If you would like to support the show other than listening twice a week, oh, I, I never dropped the phone number. How about this? 
657-464-7609. If you'd like to sound off, speak to us, talk to the show, communicate. We would love that. You can also email a voice memo from your smartphone or a regular email to idoubtit at dollamore.com. If you'd like to support the show other than listening twice a week, listen, we are on the precipice of a third show a week. If only a handful of you decide that you'd like to join in helping us move the conversation forward, you can go to dollamore.com slash Patreon or dollamore.com slash PayPal. We're ready. You guys are awesome. We love you. And until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. I think Lipstick Blood Glue would be the best name for, like, a girl metal rock band. (laughs) All right? (laughs) 